It's Tuesday, September 15th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me today, Mr. Jason Moser. Good to see you, my friend. Howdy. How's everything going? It's going all right. We have got some retail news, entertainment news, but we're going to start today with home building. Lennar Corp's third quarter profits came in solidly higher than Wall Street was expecting. I know shares are down a little bit, but I don't know, Jason. I mean, Lennar's gross margins are improving, and the low interest rate environment certainly helps. Yeah, it's it's absolutely helping, and I mean, we we've certainly seen signs that the housing market is uh, not not only stable but really flourishing, which is just kind of interesting to try to square in this in this uh, time. But but you know, I mean, hey, that's that's housing, right? It's 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 one of those things that everybody needs. Um, I these results, I, I was really impressed. Earnings were up thirty three percent on relatively flat revenue. So I mean, anytime you have a company that can do that, I mean, you got to at least take note and try to figure out what they're doing uh, to see if they can't, uh, keep, you know, can't keep on doing it. Um, if you look at the numbers, they had deliveries of uh, thirteen thousand eight hundred forty-two homes. That was up just two percent. They had new orders of a little bit better than 15,500 homes. That was up 16%, and that dollar value of $6.3 billion was up 20%. And, you know, also a strong backlog, backlog dollar value of close to $8 billion, up 4%. So, all in all, what we're seeing and what management noted is, is that the fundamentals in the housing market are very strong, and, and that's supported, of course, by record low interest rates, um, as well as relatively Undersupply, a relatively continued undersupply of new and existing homes. Um, you know, and anecdotally, I mean, I will say, like, we're in the middle of refinancing our home. Here and you know that what comes with refinancing a home is you get the appraisal to make sure that the value of the home is is there so that the bank can can uh, crunch the numbers correctly and, and certainly if it seems like valuations in our area are are, are continuing to go up and, and I would imagine uh, they're seeing seeing that in a lot of places and then and then you know it'll be really interesting to see here as um, the pandemic continues as companies start to reassess how they. Um, are are handling their workforce. I mean, if, if more folks start fleeing big cities for suburbia, that absolutely has uh, the potential to continue pushing up the demand for for these homes, which ultimately pushes up the prices, pushes pushes up the uh, the performance for companies like Lennar and, and being the, the largest home builder out there by revenue. I mean, certainly this was another quarter of of, uh, of excellent uh, performance. And the stock, again, I know it's down a little bit today, but you look over the past year, it's up a little more than 40%. And it doesn't strike me as a particularly expensive stock. It's only trading about 11 times earnings. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. It's, it's interesting to look at, at the stock chart for a company like Lennar. If you look at the five-year chart, I mean, it, you can see some relative underperformance uh, compared to the market. But then you stretch that out over 10 years, and, and you start to see that outperform. And, and I'm wondering, with Lennar, it strikes me at least that this is a business very focused on using this as a time to get lean and to, to figure out how to stay lean. And so, you know, one of one of the things that I, I was I was noting here with the the company was that they are focused on trying to become land lighter. You know, in other words, not having so much land. 
in their inventory that that's sucking out that, that cost structure, so to speak. And and if they can do that, and it sounds like they're able to do that, um, that that will not only help the financials, it'll give them more flexibility. I mean, they they reduced their year's own supply of home sites to 3.8 years from 4.4 years uh, at, at the end of last year's third quarter. So, you can see this effort to become leaner and to try to stay leaner. And if they can couple that along with their, their market share dominance as it stands, I suspect this is probably a good stock to own over the course of the next five to ten years. Again, I mean, it, housing housing is always going to be subject to to macroeconomic hiccups and concerns here and there, uh, but but it's still relatively stable because again, everybody needs a roof over their head. Shares of Lowe's up this morning as Lowe's announces a partnership with Damon John from the TV show Shark Tank. Uh, starting today through September 25th, uh, small businesses can apply for a contest called Making It With Lowe's. And I like this. I mean, this, this to me is one more demonstration by Marvin Ellison, the CEO at Lowe's, and the commitment he and his leadership team made earlier in the pandemic to try and help small businesses committing somewhere north of $50 million to do so. I mean, in this case, they're doing it in kind of a fun way. But I I think if you're a Lowe's shareholder, you got to feel really good about the way this company has been performing in the, let's call it a year and a half, maybe we're up to two years now, that Marvin Ellison has been running the company. Yeah, I, I mean, I love this. To me, this is another great example of um, where our business leaders step in to really support and fill a void where um, you know our government perhaps is failing. Right? I mean, you know, you've got Congress still trying to figure out exactly how to to pass uh, you know additional financial assistance for folks who really need it. Um, small and medium-sized businesses are clearly. Uh, some of the businesses out there that are suffering the most from this, and to see, you know, a a a, a national retailer with the status that Lowe's has jump in to do something like this is just very reassuring. And to me, uh, you know, you said it with Marvin Ellison, and I mean, I, I went back to my notes because we've been tracking Lowe's for a number of years here on the show, and, and I went back just a little bit over a year ago when I was I was looking at. Um, how things were shaping up when, when Mr. Ellison first took over. Um, he was coming up on his first year with the company, I guess it was, it was a little over a year ago, but the stock opened around $95 on the day that he started. And, and I, I noted at that point, it was like, you know, I mean, Lowe's was, was having its fair share of challenges. You could look at this perhaps as a turnaround if you wanted. I mean, I don't, I don't think it was ever really a business in peril. And, and I, I noted, I think it's going to get better if for no other reason than the market it serves, but also because I think that Ellison was a good choice as, as CEO. Given his experience in the retail industry, and you fast forward today, you've got a stock closing in on $170 per share. Uh, they just recorded a phenomenal, phenomenal quarter here. Sales for the second quarter: 27.3 billion versus 21 billion in the second quarter of 2019, and comps were up 34.2%. So it, it just it, there are a lot of signs here that what he's doing is working. And, and then if you look at the actual comparison, looking at Lowe's compared to Home Depot, because that's the measuring stick we've always held it to. You know, Lowe's is really holding its own there versus Home Depot as well. So it all takes me back to what we've been saying here recently. Remember Pepsi and Coke, right? 
We always spoke about, you know, what is the Pepsi to this company's Coke? Well, that was always because Coke was the better performer. Pepsi has been outperforming Coke lately. And, and so, I think it's completely reasonable uh, to, to believe that we may see a world here in the next five years where, where Lowe's could certainly start outperforming Home Depot. Regardless, I mean, I think you have a leader here in Marvin Ellison who's just doing a lot of really creative, fun, and, and, and ultimately helpful stuff. And I suspect their success will continue. And for years, the I was going to call it the secret sauce. Maybe it's not so secret because we talk about it uh, enough on our shows. Um, uh, but sort of behind the scenes a little bit with Home Depot's business is that relationship that they have with the contractors. It's not oh, as yeah. obvious as the consumer business. Lowe's hadn't really had that in nearly the same way. You know, beyond just being a fun, visible contest that Lowe's is having, this could be a, a, a really nice uh, introductory entry point for a lot of small businesses and Lowe's to get to know each other um, that may pay dividends for Lowe's down the line. I, I, I would think so. I think that this is going to give them an opportunity to, to shine a light on what their company really stands for. Um, you know, jump I, I, I think... Hey, listen. Get out there and humble brag a little bit, you know, Marvin. Don't don't worry about it's not it's not conceited. It's not narcissistic. Get out there and, and tell the world what you're doing because it really does matter. People do care, and and when they see you know our best businesses doing things like this, uh, I mean, it only makes consumers want to sponsor those businesses more. And, and to your point about contractors. Another another good one because we've seen where Lowe's is going to start jumping into that tool rental side of the business, and and that has been as, as silly as it may sound, that's been a wonderful point of success for Home Depot through the years. Um, I, I mean, the, the obvious question it begs is why wouldn't you just want to convince people to go there and buy the tool? Well, there are a lot of reasons. I mean, you know, listen, I don't need a tile cutter every day of the week, right? But there are a couple of times here at home where I've needed a tile cutter, and and so instead of having to go buy a two or three hundred dollar tile cutter, I I can go rent one from Home Depot for, I don't know, 40, 50 bucks for a stretch of a couple of days, get my work done. And hey, you know, while I'm in there renting that tool, I'm buying a couple of other things, some supplies. Um, it keeps me in their universe and coming back for more with good customer service. And so Lowe's has the opportunity really to capitalize on that same uh, market. And I think they've seen, you know, what Home Depot has done to date with that side of the business. They're, they're champing at a bit, I think, to really get a part of that uh, action as well. So I, I, I'm very optimistic. For for a lot of what this business is doing, and I think Lowe's, you know, we like Home Depot a lot. I think I think there's every every reason to like Lowe's just as much at this point. Uh, one quick thing before we get to our last story, uh, we've heard from a few podcast listeners of this show of Motley Fool Money of Industry Focus that some episodes are missing on Spotify. So we are looking into that, but uh, I just want to take this opportunity to remind. The dozens of listeners out there, whatever platform you listen on, if there's ever a time where you don't see an episode, uh, sometimes the problem is with us, but sometimes it is with the platform. So, uh, this is my periodic reminder, always use fool.com slash podcast as your backup. Fool.com slash podcast, that's the podcast center on The Motley Fool's website. So, again, uh, particularly for the daily shows like Industry Focus and Market Foolery, if you don't see an episode, uh, double check at fool.com slash podcast and, and see if it's there. If it is, 
the problems with your platform. Well, and fun uh, fact but, for you here, Chris, is I've got on my Twitter feed that podcast, our podcast homepage. That's my website link on my Twitter feed. Like it, that's so because it always serves as a wonderful point of reference. It's where all of our great stuff lives under one roof. Extremely helpful. There you go. Uh, Viacom CBS announced today it is rebranding the CBS All Access video streaming service. The new name, because Viacom CBS owns a lot of brands, the new name of the service, which will uh, officially launch in 2021, Paramount Plus. Obviously, a <laughs> nod to the Paramount Film Studio uh, and the legacy thereof. And I don't know about you, Jason, but I saw this and I, I'm going to assume that they have good business reasons for doing this. But my first thought when I saw this was, oh, yeah, because it was the name that was the problem. Yeah. Oh, great. That's another, why people aren't signing up for it. Another name. plus sign. Yeah. Just the plus is going to change everything, right? How creative. I mean, you've got ESPN Plus and Disney Plus, and now, I mean, you got Paramount Plus. Now, from, from what I understand, this was um, that was a, a brand that they had used for some internal markets, I guess, for testing or whatever. Maybe, maybe they just figured that was as good <laughs> as good as it was going to get. Uh, but maybe they were just being lazy. I don't know. It doesn't really seem to resonate when you say Paramount Plus. All I can say is, well, thanks a lot, Reed Hastings, because th this is getting out of control, man. I mean, you've completely shifted the entire television landscape, and, and now everybody's trying to play catch up. And, and what, what's what's happened is now we've just got this landscape of a million and one you know, separate apps with their own little stretch of, of shows that, that, you know, some people might want to watch, but as a collective, it's really hard to garner big audiences that want to pay for your service on a, on an ongoing basis. And so I, you know, what, what it does is, is it forces these legacy providers, whether it's NBC or CBS or what have you, it forces them to, to keep the advertising dynamic in their mix. It also forces them to keep prices low because, um, you know, you have to you have to ask yourself why are people subscribing? Well, they subscribe because they want to watch a show or they want they want to watch you know an ongoing uh, stream of shows from this particular provider. So then the onus is on these legacy providers to keep providing really great content that people can't get elsewhere, and that's fine if you can do that, but it's not easy to do. And and I think a lot of folks, even with Netflix. Um, thought that because Netflix is so good with, with data and getting the data from, from uh, subscribers and what subscribers want to watch, then they just take that data and make new shows. I mean, it, that does work to a degree, but, but you still have to actually make a show that people really enjoy seeing, right? Data is only, only part of the equation. And so, you know, you see... You see, I, th I think the struggle with a lot, of these, a lot of these legacy providers is they're trying to figure out how to come up with just this you know, ongoing library of content that can convince people to keep on paying for it. And, and I don't know necessarily that they will. Um, I, I, I think that we're probably headed more towards something where we see uh, aggregators um, like a Hulu, for example, bringing more of these apps into their into their platform so that it's easier to access and perhaps rolling some cost into the cost of that Hulu subscription um, down the line. I, I will say as a Hulu live subscriber. I mean, I, I, we love that that service here. I mean, it is cable light. 
Um, and so, you know, you, you have the option to pay for no commercials so that the stuff you watch on demand is no commercials. And there's going to be commercials, obviously, with live TV. But, but yeah, it, it just seems like we've got this point now where it's such a littered landscape. It, it's utterly confusing. And it really does all boil down to content. I'm not sure that actually uh, Paramount Plus has that yet. This is a service that actually launched well before Disney Plus. CBS All Access launched in the fall of 2014. Um, as best I can tell, I don't know if you found this. I was doing some digging this morning. I couldn't find the number of subscribers just to CBS All Access. The announcements that I found from Viacom, particularly over the past year, combined the subscribers they had for CBS All Access and Sh Showtime. Uh, yeah. Showtime OTT. And so the latest I saw was a month ago. It's the combined number for those two services, 16 million. By point mm -hmm. of comparison, Hulu has 35 million subscribers. Disney Plus has more than 60 million. And worldwide, Netflix has 190 million. Yeah. And yeah. I, it, it, for those, and I say this as someone who is not a Netflix shareholder, but for those who look at Netflix and think, well, how much, how much more can it grow? You tell me, uh, you know, of, of, of those streaming services, which one is the table stakes? If you're just starting from scratch, if you move to a new home or, you know, or whatever, you just decide like, okay, what am I going to subscribe to? You're telling me Netflix is not on the list, but Paramount Plus is? I am not telling you that. <laughs> no, I know you're kidding, and I, I don't think anybody would tell you that. And I think that's that's a really important point to remember because I think you know the table stakes point is is a really good one in that. I, I, you know, Netflix, I think, is the core. I think it is the core to anyone's or any household's entertainment strategy, right? I think whether you have cable or you're cutting the cord or you move or whatever you're doing, and then Netflix is always going to be a given. And, and one of the reasons is because it's clearly, you know, affordable, but it also gives you a, a tremendous variety it gives it it has a little bit of something for everyone um i mean i, I mean i'll i'll be the first to say it i mean i i don't really find netflix's content to be all that terrific i mean there are a couple of shows i watch on it but i'm not a religious netflix watcher because there's content on other uh apps that i i like to watch as well but i've hit that point we've hit that point where we don't really need anything else right we have hbo max we have Hulu, you know, which is the live offering, but you also get the on-demand offering. We have Netflix and we have Amazon Prime and Disney Plus. And so, I mean, we're done. Yeah, we have more stuff than we have time to watch. And, and I think that's going to be the problem that you see with a lot of these, a lot of these businesses. And they're going to play those cards very close to the vest in, in regard to subscribers, because when the numbers aren't that great, I mean, you don't want to lob that out there. Oh, hey, look, we got 10 million subscribers. Really? I mean, that's, you're, you're, you're boasting that because you know when you compare it to their competitors, it's not really something to boast about. Um, and again, it really does all boil down to content. But even then, I kind of wonder now if we're so far into this, the the landscape has become so littered that people are almost just they've thrown their hands up and they said, you know what, I quit. Even if even if Paramount Plus has a show that I want to watch. And maybe an example here is Yellowstone. I would love to watch Yellowstone, and one day I will when it's somewhere else because I'm not subscribing to Paramount Plus just for that one show. And again, that goes back to you need to build out a library of content that has you know stuff that you can use on an ongoing basis. And maybe maybe Paramount Plus will get there one day. I don't think they will. They could, but I don't think they will. 
Jason Munzer, always good talking to you. Thanks yes, for being sir. here. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.